Welcome to the Eerie First Podcast, the weekly message series featuring Pastor Nicole Schreiber. Last week, we started a new series called 21 Days of Change. Pastor Nicole is looking specifically at how prayer and fasting can unlock God's designs for us. And to do that, we're looking at four different people from the Bible and how they approached fasting and prayer and what God did in their stories. Last week, Pastor Nicole got us started by examining what it means to fast to see change in our lives. And she looked at the story of Nehemiah for his example. Today, we're joined by Pastor Daniel Brooker, the head of school at Erie First Christian Academy, and he's going to uncover what it means to fast for healing and offer some practical tips to get started with fasting. So let's turn it over to him today. Here's Pastor Daniel. Today, I get the honor so to kind of talk about this topic of fasting, but specifically from the standpoint of health and healing, all right? Specifically from the standpoint of health and healing. Now, if I looked around the room here, I'm sure that each and every one of us could talk about a different reason why we fast, right? You might be here today, and you might have started this fast, and you might be saying, hey, I fast because X, or I fast because of Y, or I fast because of Z, but each and every one of us would most likely have a different reason. And as we look at fast, there's even different types of fast, right? People fast, sometimes they're not eating anything for 21 days. Sometimes people say, I'm not having sugar. I'm not having chocolate. I'm not doing social media. But there's a bunch of different ways that we fast. But here's kind of like the key thing. And Pastor Nicole said this last week. It was a great point. So we're going to say it again. Uh, fasting, though, is when you say no, so your yes is better. So remember, fasting is when you say no, so your yes is better. It's this idea that we're going to give up something, right? That we're going to give up something that's meaningful to us, to, that you should miss it. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you a little uh, This week, I had an employee, after last service last week, they texted me. They said, I want you to know, I'm fasting work. I don't think that works, and I don't know if your boss would accept that. Um, but, you know, I, I did come up with a little witty. I was like, I feel so honored that you would miss work so much that you would feel like you could fast it. I'll see you Monday. Um, but, no. <laughs> so it's something that we would miss or that we would fast, that we would go without. But, you know, we've chosen to say that no so that we can say yes. It's because we want to give God our best, Right? I don't know about you, but I'm a leftover guy. I like leftovers. Lasagna, the second time around, fantastic, all right? It got a little crisp. All right, I'm not talking about lasagna today. But God is not a God of leftovers, right? He wants our best. We give him our first. And so we say no so that we can give that better yes. So today, looking at health, looking at healing in this thing, I want to kind of take a story, look at the story from Daniel. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Daniel. We're going to look at this uh, story that sometimes is very familiar and ties into, yes, there's a thing called a Daniel fast. Um, but I want to kind of look at the story in the whole context of fasting. All right. Now, Daniel was a Hebrew boy. All right. And yes, I am named after him. So I love this story even a little more. Um, but he was taken into captivity by the Babylonian army. And taken to the city of Babylon. Now, he and his three friends, all right, from Judea, were taken there. And they were trained to be diplomats or bureaucrats in the Babylonian government. Now, King Nebuchadnezzar was going to use them to say, hey, you can talk to the rest of the Jewish kind of remnant and kind of do these, uh, whatever kind of policies, whatever things I tell you, you can kind of pass it along and help us with that. That was the plan. And when they got there, they're like, we're going to spoil these guys, all right? All the grandparents in the, know how to spoil someone, all right? All right? But they were going to spoil 
these boys. So they said, we're going to give them the king's own provisions. We're going to give them the best food, the best from his reserves, everything. Now, if you know the story, it goes like this, that the Hebrew boys said for some reason that they were not to accept the food or those delicacies. Uh, there's three reasons that scholars think that they couldn't accept him. One of them being that it might just plainly have gone against the Jewish dietary code that they had. Another reason could have been that they couldn't have had the alcohol that the king was providing. And the third reason is that most of the time, or a lot of times in that time, the king's food had been previously already offered up to an idol or for, to another god. Either way, Daniel said that no, we or do not want to eat this food. They proposed to the king's servants saying, hey, we're going to go without those lavish foods, give us water, give us vegetables, uh, and after 10 days, if we're not better looking, if we're not better than our Babylonian counterparts, then you can do with us as you see fit. So they do that, and as the kind of the story goes, as the narrative goes, 10 days later, we find out that they are better both in body and in mind, right, than their Babylonian counterparts. And as a result uh, from that, he continues to have a great, uh, great career and great time as consulting the king. Uh, they actually think that he came when he was a teenager and served till he was there with King Cyprus under Persia, which would have been 73 later. So he probably ended up passing away into his 90s or late 90s. And so we look at this and we use this example, all right, to kind of look at the biblical context for us and our physical health and our physical healing. Now, I don't know about you today, but I have this kind of concept of this idea that one thing that starts with this is that God gave us an amazing body. Do you guys believe that God blessed us with an amazing body? He put things innately into our body that are absolutely amazing. Uh, 1 Corinthians, he calls our body, right, temple of the Holy Spirit. So I don't think he would have put the Holy Spirit into something that wasn't quite amazing, all right? And so he put the, he says we're the temple of the Holy Spirit, and that resides within us. So when we begin to fast and pray... I want us to remember one thing, that we have an amazing body, but also this, that it is God who heals our body. It is God who heals our body. So God, he's even named after this. In Exodus, his name or name they give God is Jehovah Rapha, which means God who heals us. All right? It means I am the Lord who heals you. All right? So by standing in faith and fasting, I do truly believe that we can see healing and health in a mighty way. And I think we can see it in two ways, and that's what I want to talk about today. We can see it in a preventative health measure and also as a curative health measure. So can you say preventative? It's a fun word. Trust me. Preventative. All right. Excellent. We'll start there. The benefits of fasting is not solely something for Christians, okay? You might have read a book that was not from a biblical standpoint. You might have read something that was maybe had nothing to do with God but talked about fasting. There's lots of research and things out there that have showed how fasting is beneficial. So we shouldn't be surprised when, hey, God had a, uh, you know, a head start on the market and kind of said from the very beginning, hey, this is something that is good for your health. In the Old Testament, even back in Leviticus, if you read through the Bible, you might have skipped that book, all right, because it's kind of a tough one. But even back in Leviticus, we see him talk about, hey, Jewish people, don't eat anything with the blood or the animal fat, all right? And he has specific guidelines about that. Well, modern-day research shows us what? Guess where most diseases are found at that time? In the blood and the animal fat. So God kind of said, hey, I'm going to give you a preventative way to have a better health and to serve me in a great way. And when we're fasting, for our preventative health, it helps us to know or learn the effects of the food you eat. All right? So 
learn the effects of the food that we eat because we are consuming a lot of food. Among this body of people here, and especially within church, man, we like our church dinners, right? We like our times together and fellowship and some things like that. So learn the effects of the food we eat. Now, I'm not saying today, you're like, this is a weird sermon. Is he telling me I need to become a nutritionist? No, okay, we don't all need to become a nutritionist, but during the fast, we can study those proper things because even looking at the story of Daniel here, he knew that, hey, I need to stay away from that, right? I need to stay away from that. He knew that he could not have that, and he stayed away from the portion of the delicacies that we learn about in verse 116, and he said, give me vegetables instead. Now, I know that despite how good chocolate is, and how good rich food, or how good the ribeye with the bone with extra, ooh, it tickles your taste buds. We got to realize that it's in balance and that maybe, maybe too much of that is not always a good thing, right? And, okay, I feel like I'm losing you guys because I'm, I'm stepping on some toes with the chocolate, okay? I'm sorry, okay? People are like, don't mess with my chocolate, all right? I'll, I'll, there's my first amen on chocolate, all right? And you might be like, okay, I came to church not to learn about I shouldn't have chocolate chip cookies. I came here to learn about my spiritual health. Well, let's tie this in here, okay? Think of your health like this, okay? Three spheres, all right? So we got three, and I am an educator, so I'm going to give us our Venn diagram here, all right? They all intersect, all right? Now, let's just kind of walk through this. You may have heard this before. Um, body, mind, and soul. We see in Matthew, right? We've kind of heard this kind of terms before. So in Matthew, right, 22, 37, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. All right? So in body here, we can also kind of put slash heart, right? We're saying, God, I'm going to give you my best. I'm going to give you my all. And your all and your best, guess what, is all three of these together. I'm going to give you my body, my heart, my physical body. I'm going to give you my mind. I'm going to give you my thoughts. It says that what? To push your thoughts on things that are above, right? So I'm going to give you my heart, my body, my mind. I'm going to give you my soul, my spirit, and I'm going to give you it all, right? They all come together. It's not one part or the other. Now, Jesus understood this, and so he said this. Now, we have to understand that at times, these circles are not equal, right? We could have body, mind, and maybe soul, and our body is big, and mind and soul are small. And what this looks like and what we got to be careful is, and this is why we do a fast, this is why we say no, because when we look at something like this, if our body is determining whether or not we do something, then our stomach is in control rather than our spirit. Our stomach is then in control and leading rather than our spirit. We'll find ourselves saying things like, I can't do a fast because I just get hangry. Or maybe we get a little bit, I'm going to go back out and tack the chocolate again, okay? But maybe we go, I can't give up chocolate or I can't give up coffee. <gasps> I know, I'm sorry, I'm attacking it all today. But I can't give up coffee because if I do that, guess what? I don't know if I'll be married much longer, you right? Well, maybe we need to look then at that area of our life and say, hey, maybe that's actually what I do need to give up because if our stomach is leading, then our spirit is not. And so we need to look at this and kind of say, God, how do I put my body into submission so that I can have this balanced life and I'm going to give you my all? And our other part is this, our mind. Sometimes we got to say, no, our mind is going out of control. It's controlling more of this. I need to put my spirit or my body in 
balance. So looking at this, they can talk about the fact that, yes, there are other times that these are going to be out of balance, but we're specifically looking at the body. Now, I want to talk about, we talked about preventative a little bit here, but I want to talk about curative health, okay? Curative health. And so God has promised that healing can come by faith and prayer. So look in James 5, 15, it says this, the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. Faith and prayer must be joined, all right? Faith is an instrument of healing that when joined with prayer and fasting is an amazing thing. And today I want to kind of break this even down into some more parts um, I call them steps, but they're really not steps. They can go out of order, all right? Tips, however you want to look at it, but we want to look at this because I don't know about you, but I believe God moves in miraculous ways. Is there anyone still here who believes that God moves in a miraculous way? Yeah. And as I was reading this, I looked up some books, and as I was preparing, I even found a book that kind of talked about the miraculous of healing, but it had this statement that I completely disagreed with, and that's why I put it into the sermon. Uh, and it said this, realize that sometimes with healing, disease and illness is just too far gone for an healing to occur. I'm sorry, I disagree with that. Now today, I disagree because I believe that we should never, ever limit what God can do. Now... We should never limit that. We should never do Now, I'm not going to stand up here and tell you that there is going, that there's a healing every time, that there's sometimes that healings happen on the other side of, of eternity, and I'm not going to pretend that I know why either, but I refuse to believe that anything is bigger or greater than my God who I serve. So I want to look at some steps to fasting or change for health, all right? So step one, I want to say step one. That wasn't everybody, but I like it. Okay, uh, step one, be specific, all right? So be specific. When we're kind of fasting here, we look at the fact that we should be specific. Daniel was not vague about what he couldn't do, right? He knew what God had kind of, the laws and what God had kind of told them and what they could eat and what they couldn't. He said, no, I can't have that. I can have this. So he was specific about it. And he objected to that Babylonian diet. He rejected the king's food for many of them were one of the reasons that we mentioned earlier. But either way, they used a very powerful word that Daniel knew that he didn't want to. He said he would not defile himself. That's a powerful word. He would not defile himself. So he knew very, very specifically that, hey, I could not have that. In order for me to be stronger, I must not defile myself. I must step in. I must get this back into balance. You know, here's the thing. Sometimes, is he saying that all that time, all that food is always going to be bad? No. But it needs to be balanced. And I had to learn this lesson in my life. All right, because in my life, a couple of years ago, if you would have known me years ago, I actually was a little bit bigger of a guy. All right, I lost a little bit of weight. And it's because of the fact that I understood this concept and I learned the fact that, hey, I had a calling on my life. So my calling on my life, I know that I feel like God has called me to work with youth, to work with children in different fashions or in different ways. And I began to realize that when I was bigger, I couldn't worship with them. I was out of breath. I was getting too tired. I wasn't able to kind of keep up. And I learned and quickly realized that it was not sustainable. So I had to get specific and go, hey, God, for my calling in my life to work with children, to work and be there for my family, I had to get this in balance. I had to get specific and realize that there were specific areas that I had to cut. We're not going to get into those, all right? But I did that. So in your life, be specific. Figure out what is it that we need to cut. Or God, what is it that you are calling me 
to fast. Step two, fast as a spiritual commitment. All right? Now, we can often do a diet. I mean, if I pulled the room right now and said, hey, how many of you have ever done a diet? That's not a bad thing, all right? Diets are good. But if we're doing a fast, let it be for a spiritual understanding and for something that's going to pray and expect God to move. Come with expectation. In verse 8, Daniel uh, 8, he said this, Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. So it wasn't just that Daniel said, hey, that's not, that's not good for me. But he realized that, hey, I need to purpose this in my heart and have a commitment level there to this more than a diet kind of living. And so when we do this, we talked about it last week. You can cut things, all right? But if we don't replace it with the presence of God, if we don't cut it, if we cut it in a fast, but we don't ever kind of add back in more prayer time, then you're just hangry just because you're hangry, okay? But that's not what we're looking for here. You want to get into the presence of God. So if you are fasting, then make sure you have that spiritual commitment where you say, you know what, I'm going to remove this so that I can have more of God. And so we do that in that spiritual equation. We walk in that. And you realize that, hey, you begin to see, hey, I might be hungry, but I have joy even through it. I might be hungry, or I might have given up something, but now that time where I thought I was going to be lonely, I don't feel lonely because I'm in God's Word. And so we replace it with the spiritual kind of commitment. Step three, all right? Reflect inner desire by outer discipline. I'm going to say that again. Reflect inner desire by outer discipline. And this is what I mean by this, is that, if you want to see God move, then what you commit to God, give to God. All right? Sometimes we see fast that happen like this. We get gung-ho. We're like 21 days of prayer and fasting. I love it. I'm not going to eat for 21 days. Day two comes around, and that snicker bar looks so good. And you're like, uh, you know what? I feel like the Lord has moved mightily in two days, you know? <laughs> I'm good. And we move on, right? I want to encourage you today for healing and power. What you commit to God, give to God. Have discipline in that. We realize it may be hard. Maybe you're saying, hey, I'm not going to eat sugar. And day six, someone walks into the office and goes, I made you a batch of cookies. Oh, well, it would be rude for me not to eat them. <laughs> I mean, God understands, you know. But we should have that commitment. Our outer discipline should reflect our inner desire for God to move in our life. And we should begin to do that. So if you say, hey, I'm going to fast for 10 days, then fast for 10 days. Don't get to day nine and so I think I saw God move. No, fast for 10 days. Do it for the committed time that you say. And do what you commit to God. So whether it's a full out or partial. I, an example of this, even that I kind of analogy when I was preparing was this. is A few uh, weeks ago or months ago, my son, we had to go to the doctor's office because he had a tick bite. And they gave us antibiotics, and they said, hey, use this for, I believe it was 10 days. We didn't stop at day eight because we saw progress. We did it for the 10 days. Why? Because you do it for the full amount to eliminate the infection. So in your life, you don't fast until you just see progress. You fast until the infection is eliminated. So if you are in your life and you're going, hey, it's getting hard in this fast. Maybe I'm not supposed to do this. Push in. If you're saying, hey, I don't know if I can continue on this, push in. Continue with the commitment that you have given to God. And I am standing up here today saying, I believe that on behalf of all of us that we can expect God to move 
even when it gets hard. Maybe right before or after it gets hard is when God's going to say, now I'm going to step in. You persevered. You pushed through. And so we do that. So give what to God what you commit and stay disciplined in that because I don't know about you, but I never want to stop one day short of what God truly intended to give me. And I don't want to sit here and play the what if game. So if I prayed and said, God, I'm going to give you 10 days, I'm going to give you 10 days. If you said, God, I'm going to give you three days, I'm going to give you a week, whatever you commit, pray and ask God and then stick with that. Step four, and I already kind of mentioned this one already, but don't limit what God can do. Don't limit what God can do. I want to encourage you today as we look up here, maybe some of us are even looking at this and going, you know what? I don't have a physical thing I struggle with. But maybe you're saying, I, I struggle with depression. I struggle with anxiety. I struggle with a mental thing. Maybe your healing is not a physical one, but it's a mental one. Or maybe you've been sitting here and you've had a disease or you've had something that you're like, hey, this has been years in the making. I appreciate it. Been there, done that. Don't need the prayer. Don't limit God. Years in the making could be moments in what the kingdom of God just says, you know what? No, you're done with that. And remove it. So don't limit God because healing in this, and, and looking, specifically looking at the uh, mental, I, I think there's a connection here for those who have strong self-esteem and food, you know, it helps with their bodies. And actually the Bible even talks about the mental because I wanted to hit on that because some people only think of the physical. But in the mental, it says this, a merry heart makes a cheerful countenance in Proverbs 15, 13. James states that the prayer of the faith will heal the sick. James 5, that's James 5, 15. We're encouraged to go and see the sick because it builds their faith, right? There's a sense of connection between our mental health and our physical health. And so whatever your struggle might be, do not limit God that God can move in that. Because he can. Step five. I want, and this was a touchy one, all right? But pray to perceive sin's role in it. Now hear me out. Sickness is here in the world because of sin. This is the very root of this, okay? Adam and Eve sinned in the very beginning and thus entered death, pain, suffering, all right? So sin is at the very least a root cause. And so it's linked in that way. But in James 5, it says this. I'm going to read it. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is any of you among you sick? Then let them call on the elders of the church to pray over them, anoint them in oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. And if they've sinned, they will be forgiven. So therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. And prayer of the righteous person is a powerful and effective. Let's have three quick points with this. Realize this, that sin is sometimes related to the cause of a sickness. And kind of with that even, because maybe the lack of health and healing could be because of a sinful intake. Like we talked about in the Old Testament, there's certain things that God says, hey, don't do that. And maybe, uh, one of them, just an example, maybe we're having poor health because we're constantly drinking and constantly getting drunk, and then we have this sickness because of it. And maybe we have to perceive, hey, God, is this why I'm not doing well? Is this why my health is sick? So we need to perceive, is there a sin component to this? Now, on the, on the flip side of this, as a church and as a Christian body, I want to be careful because I want to also state that we're praying to perceive sin's role, and that doesn't mean that there is always because of sin. 
Jesus addressed this when he was with the disciples. The disciples said, hey, why is this man lame? Was it his parents' sin or his sin? And what did God, Jesus say? He said, no, it's neither. It's because I want to show and show the glory of God. So as a church, we tread on this lightly because we want to say, hey, God, work in me if there is something. I, I completely give it to you, God. Is there something, the reason why I'm sick? But as a church, we should never walk up and say, it's because of your sin in your life that you are struggling with this. And we have to tread on that and be careful. But we say, God, please reveal it. Please show us if there is. And lastly, as we kind of bring this in here, is that as we can see from the story of Daniel here, is we need to, in a fast, yield to God's results. Yield the results to God. When Daniel fasted, he submitted it all, right? He said, this is what I'm supposed to do. These are the consequences for my convictions. And he said, as you see fit, deal with your servants. So we stand in complete faith. We stand in conviction. We stand in boldness of what God will do. And then we say, God, I'm giving it to your hands. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast. I'm going to stand here. But God, I give it to you. And I give you these results. And I'm going to believe and stand with that. So today, as I was preparing and I was thinking about this, I want to just take a moment to pray with you. Because I do believe that in this room, some of us might be fasting or in this time of fasting for a specific healing. And so in a moment here, if you need to focus, maybe close your eyes or if you need to kind of focus, I want to ask, if you're in this room and you're praying for healing, I want to pray for you right now. And if you would raise your hand, then we should just know. But I want to believe that there's going to be healing in this time of fasting, that there's going to be healing over these 21 days of change. And even as I prepared, I actually put this in here because I believe that God was speaking to me that there's someone who's specifically over these 21 days praying for healing with their knee. Uh, and specifically their right knee. And so maybe that's you. And as you guys have your heads bowed, but if you want to raise your hand, if you're saying, God, I'm believing for a healing in my body. I'm believing for either a healing in my body or mentally, then let's just pray. I want to pray for you today. So maybe raise your hand, and I'm going to pray for you guys today. Jesus, we right now stand in faith and in boldness that as we say 21 days of change, God, you have the power to in an instant and in a moment make that change happen. God, I believe that as you gave me this word that there's somebody with the knee, especially like the right knee, that you would just move God in that and that you would heal right now today, that you would heal that and that they would be able to say that for the glory of God, they know they were healed. And God, for anyone who is praying for healing, whether mentally, physically, emotionally, God, I pray over these 21 days as they fast, as they dive into you, as they get specific about what your word says, I pray that you would move in a mighty way and that there would be restoration and healing in that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Erie First Podcast. We'd love it if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. You can follow Erie First on Facebook or Instagram or visit eriefirst.org for all our latest news, announcements, and information. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time.